Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Kasafa race. This is part of a race overview series where you go over all the possible player races. And right now we're on the Bestiary 4 races. The Kasafa, this strange four-armed humanoid as sleek and muscled with two spiked blades, raised to strike. Exiles from an arid world circling a red star. Modern Kasathas have no idea how they left their home or how to return, but they keep searching for a way back. A clannish and secretive people, they have a matriarchal society, but other races have a difficulty recognizing any physical difference between females and males. Kasathas keep their mouths hidden behind clothing and don't remove this clothing in the presence of other races. They're omnivores, but prefer meat and salty foods. Upon reaching adulthood, many Kasathas leave their clans to search the world for adventure, treasure, and ways to return to their home world. That immediately captures me. A struggle will turn to your home world. You're uh, abandoning a world that has a dying star. That's all really cool. I li- it immediately paints a picture for these people, and I like it that they give you that option of you're someone that goes out to return to your home world, but that's not what you have to be. That's just like an mm-hmm. aspect of some catharsis. Some just go out for adventure or for their own personal reasons, but you always have that option tied back to your race of, I'm out because I want to go back home. This isn't my home. Yeah. Kasatha are, as we said, aliens. They're actually from a different world. They kind of crash-landed in Galorion in the lore of Pathfinder and have been there ever since. They are humanoid-looking. They obviously have four arms, but their heads are kind of, what I would say, almost bug-like. Like, they're very... They're obviously flesh, but their heads are these strange, um, rounded kind of shapes. They kind of have almost what looks like a... Almost like a carapace kind of head. Reminds me of the Xen- the Xenomorph from the Alien series. A little bit, yeah. Not quite as long and rounded. Uh, but I think, boy, these guys look really, really, really cool. Uh, super sort of defined and toned. The forearms really placed well. I think Goro is kind of like a little bit sloppy from Mortal Kombat. This is a, it's kind of like up in sort of the armpit area. Uh, I think they look really, really, really cool. These guys immediately grabbing me. I, mean, I don't even care about the rest of it. I want to play them because they look super cool. Um, they sort of have, I will say they, this is something that Christian, you, our last week, Christian, you and I had a bit of a tiff on the last episode. Uh, you know, we, there was uh, threats of divorce. Who was going to have the kid? Who's going to get the home? Who's getting the car? It was a big upset to do over the race having wings. Um, I feel like I'm going to probably pretty quickly agree with what I think you're going to say about them having four arms. I would make, just for fun when I was making, you know, different you know, characters, just potential backup characters. I would experiment around with taking a couple levels in Alchemist so I can get the vestigial arm, and I'll get two of those, and then I get the feet that gives me an extra discovery, so I got a second vestigial arm, so now I have four arms and I can wield weapons. This actually was something I found out was done by a lot of people and even sort of got a a retcon, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since I researched this, but I believe you can't do that anymore. Now they they put limits on those vestigial arms. Here, it's built in. I don't have to waste two extra levels on Alchemist. I've gotten a race with four arms. I'm immediately thinking, I'm wielding two bows. I'm wielding four swords. This seems really cool to me. But I'm I'm going to agree with I'm going to predict what you're going to say that this is like a power gamer's wet dream and Christian that's terrible imagery but Christian I, I think I'm going to agree with you but you know what I put so many words in your mouth why don't you put your own words in your mouth well I know if everyone's wondering we just threw the kid in the trash neither of us wanted them. <laughs> 
I'm not a fan of kids, to be honest. So you, you actually hit the nail on the head. Uh, there was a bitter fight over the dog, though. <laughs> um, you're right. The way the alchemist arms work is that they're actually vestigial arms, the extra arms you get. So although you can use them to, like, help you, they can't actually, um, like, hold weapons that will give you additional attacks. Uh, just by I having... I want to be clear. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do want to be clear. They did work that way for some time. Yes. Even though the word vestigial was in the name, they still operated uh, for wielding weapons, but it did get changed fairly recently, I think within the last year. Uh, the the Kasatha are very different. They are four independent, fully functioning arms that can give you additional attacks. Um, Super it, sexy muscle defined. It is as powerful as it sounds, sometimes even more powerful. The If you take all the abilities the Kasatha have, they are... the kind of hugs these guys could give? <laughs> Great, like excellent cuddles. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you. Oh, that owl out loud. That's why they're so overpowered. <laughs> I did. I had no clue I was speaking out loud. If you just take all their abilities and editors, no, please edit out all that. Please, no, thank you. You get a twenty point buy for the Kasatha. It's a little Ooh. ridiculous. Um, mm. I, I have actually had. I had one player play a Kasatha before, and I had a friend. I was a player in a campaign. And someone else was playing Kasatha. I guess we'll talk a little bit about them later, but first let's get into their actual racial abilities and stuff. Kasatha, uh, excuse me, Kasathas. I, I feel like it doesn't need the S. Um, they are nimble and perceptive. They gain a plus two bonus to dexterity and plus two wisdom with absolutely no drawback. Already starting off the gate with the OP here. <laughs> you know what, Christian? I'm with you. I feel like if you get him four arms, the first place to start balancing this is their inability scores, and they don't do that. Uh, it's good. I will give them though. There, there's not a plus to strength, but you know what? There's there's a, a feat that allows you to add your decks to certain weapons. Like this is already. If we're talking about wet dreams, this is already like a monk's wet dream. Having four arms. I don't know how flurry and multiple arms interact now, but I'm scared to think about it. I wish I, I played with a guy who did a, a Kasatha monk. I can't remember how it worked. Ugh, wish I could tell you. They are humanoid creatures with a Kasatha subtype. They are medium creatures with a base speed of 30 feet. And they speak common in Kasatha. If they have a high intelligence score, they can choose between Dorvan, Draconic, Knoll, Orc, and Sphinx. Uh, I'm sure it's in whatever, like, Venture Path they got introduced. But in, in Pathfinder lore, they uh, the ship crash-landed in the deserty region of Glorion, so they have some desert theme to them. I just want him to hug me so bad. <laughs> you can't, they're all sweaty, and it's all hot, so you can never have the hugs. Well, I'll take him to air conditioning. <laughs> that, that's what they had back on the home world. The that's why they want to get back so bad. Kasatha <laughs> have defensive training, greater. They just get... For free, a plus two dodge bonus to their armor class. I don't feel the need to speak about why that's so strong. Yeah, combined with their plus two decks, that's good. And it's a dodge bonus, so it applies to their touch AC, and it's much more common to get your touch AC targeted than it is to be caught flat-footed. They get Desert Runner, they get a plus four racial bonus on constitution checks and fortitude saves to avoid fatigue, exhaustion, and other ill effects from running, forced marches, starvation, thirst, and hot or cold environments. Surprise with the cold but the rest of it seems to fit the theme that they're in the desert. I like the idea of these guys run. <gasps> they can run, and they can do like the Goku, my arms are behind me as I'm running, except they can do it with four arms. <laughs> or they can have, they can, you know, meet in the middle and have two arms back and two arms going normal. In addition to Desert Runner, they also have Desert Stride. Uh, Kasathas move through non-magical, difficult terrain in desert environments at normal speed. Again, another desert-themed one. 
unlike Desert Runner, which gives you that bonus to fortitude saves against any fatigue or exhaustion effect, um, this doesn't really have much application outside of deserts. They get Jumper. Kasatha is always considered to have a running start with attempting acrobatics checks to jump. You think because they run so much, you wouldn't even need this, but okay. I guess they got strong, powerful legs. You know, I, they've got pants on, so I can't see the toned legs. I see the toned arms. They must be toned everywhere. I, I'm wondering if we're Imagine ever- if only we could see, like, their feet. You could see, like, the veins fully. <laughs> I can paint. I can paint masterpieces with my toes. We get it. We, you want to see them with their pants off, Caleb? What? No. Yes. No. What? Not only do they have four arms, they have two toes each on the end of their little toes. No, please. I'm so happy that's not true. <laughs> Feet are already so gross. Then we come to the main course. Uh, Kasatha have multi-armed. Uh, Kasatha has four arms. One hand is considered its primary hand. All others are considered off hands. It could use any of its hands for other purposes that require free hands. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, having four arms, being multi-armed, they do have the ability to make additional attacks. I figure, like, one, one thing, could you, you could play, like, rock, paper, scissors with yourself, like, double over, you could do a four-player rock, paper, scissors. Ever play, like, when you're in high school skunks in the barnyard, where everybody has their fists in, they're going around, you knock people out, that one's good. Now, being, this ability... I guess you could also wield weapons and kill people. This ability is clearly very powerful for obvious reasons. You can power game this so easily and make very powerful builds. But what you miss out on and what a lot of people like to do with it is that you can have very interesting builds that wouldn't otherwise be possible and aren't severely overpowered. Like just having a two-handed weapon in two of your hands and then Mm -hmm. having like a shield in another hand. Just you want to hold a two-handed weapon and a shield, but you don't want to be one of the classes that wields it in one hand. You can do that. Um, the one friend I mentioned I played with, he was a gunslinger, and he dual-wielded muskets. And if one of them jammed, like, his two arms could be working on repairing the jammed musket while the other one was still firing. (gasps) That is so cool. There's a lot of really interesting things you can do with this. Like, don't let the fact that it's grossly overpowered blind you to that. You could do some neat stuff with four arms. Like, the the, the patty cake world champion over here. (laughs) I like the idea of, I know this is exactly the opposite of what you were just saying, but I like the idea of, like, four flails, spinning them around, having coordination not to hit yourself. Uh, obviously, the, the four sword thing is something that immediately comes to mind, especially when you get desert, I think, like, four scimitars. I think one of the builds I made when I was making one of these guys was, like, scimitars that had the fragile quality. I took the feet where if you have a fragile weapon, you can choose to break it to confirm critical hits. I think another idea, can you do this? Can you now have two tower shields? Uh, I think technically, but they wouldn't really stack. It doesn't matter, Christian. It's cool. I can now have two barriers. I can treat two sides of my square as full cover. <laughs> they just have, like, little crossbows shooting over them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there's a multitude of things you can do with them. I, I love the idea of uh, having two bows, the overpowered thing, the four pistol, and pick a pistol arrow. There really is some cool things. Cause I, I want to make something clear. I think this is something that maybe we don't talk about enough. Because we talked about the average player. Uh, there is times when you, you want to play with a group of people and you say, guys, make the best characters you can. I want you all to, quote-unquote, be power gamers. I want you all to make, quote-unquote, overpowered characters. And then you can make a really cool, awesome, you know, efficient build with four arms, you know, using rules to your advantage. I think there's something here. I don't remember what the ruling was on this. Uh, but there is a beast, a monster feat called multi-weapon fighting, which is essentially the, the two-weapon feat chain, but for beasts that have multi uh, more than two arms. Actually, and this Caleb. Helped, yes. A- actually, Caleb. Um, way multi-weapon fighting work, Caleb. You see, Caleb, your other attacks, Caleb. Caleb, are you listening, Caleb? Yeah, I'm listening, Christian. <laughs> By default, when you are fighting with multiple arms, you take a... If you're, you're fighting with, like, all your arms, 
uh, three or more hands, you take a minus six penalty on attack rolls made with your primary hand and a minus ten penalty on attacks made with your off hands. Uh, so that, that it's basically two up in fighting, but with super duper higher penalties. Um, if you have multiple arms, you can take the multi-weapon fighting feat, which reduces the penalties for fighting with multiple weapons by two with your primary hand and by minus six with your off hand. So it's a minus four on attacks with your primary hand and a minus four on all attacks made with all of your hands. So there is the trade-off in that you get a big reduction, a minus four basically to hit, and you're basically forced to pick the multi-weapon fighting feat, but it has really good trade-offs. And the idea is that you don't have to go through this long feat chain to make your multiple arms useful. Uh, you can just pick one feat and it's sort of all packed there. But am I hearing you correctly? You're saying that if I did follow the two-weapon fighting feat chain, I would in the end get... Um, reduce uh, the negatives would be reduced lar- uh, more further i don't know how to say this with good english better than the multi-weapon fighting yes but only when you're fighting specifically with two weapons if you're fighting with more than two weapons at once you need to take that basically you have to take that feat oh i see what you're saying all right and so my my question when i started this i said i'm not sure is is that actually available to us or is that something you have to clear with your gm because it's a bestiary feat oh uh, no players can definitely take uh, the bestiary feats although they're in just like how racial spells are intended for that race, the bestiary feats are intended for beasts, but they can definitely be taken by players. Okay, good to know. Okay, wow, you really taught me something. I didn't know. I thought the two weapon fighting would, would work with four. Hmm, all right, cool. And lastly, they have the stalker trait, which means perception and stealth are class skills for a Kasatha. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Two very good skills. They are, they, have, they have a bonus to wisdom already. They have bonus to dex. Those both coincide with those key ability scores. What an insanely overpowered race. Christian, I agree with you. Like, they don't have a single negative, and they have incredibly powerful positives. I don't think we need to have an argument about why they're so insanely powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm actually really happy that this this sort of conversation went this way, because we sort of saw that, and we kind of put it aside and said, let's just talk about it anyway. And I think it is a really, really cool race. I, I, I sort of understand their logic to say, hey, if it's an alien race, maybe it's a little more powerful than the, the natural-born people of this world. I'm a little curious that they didn't try to balance this. With the Gathlane, as much as you had a problem with it, and they tried to balance it by making it a very bland race, with saying, uh, just plus one it's AC, and they get very few traits that are sort of generic. Um, not that they were all generic, there were some interesting ones. Just to sort of balance out that they do have a fly speed. These guys are like, no, not only are we not going to give them basic traits, we're going to have a bunch of interesting traits, and you know what? No negatives in their ability scores. Bam, did it in your face. And uh, I want to say, this is sort of when I when I was sort of dabbled with creating my own races using the race builder. I would run into this problem where I would say I want to make, for example, I would say I want to make a four armed race that is also involved with the desert. So I pick a bunch of desert traits and a four arm trait, and then oh wow, and now it's all of a sudden twenty RP. So I think maybe if they tried to reduce, get rid of the desert theme, it would have been better. But they didn't seem to want to attempt to do any of that at all. They they opted for an overpowered but more interesting and cooler race, which I think is something that you can do, and I'm glad they did. I'm glad that they took that extra step to say, hey, we are going to make it. Everything doesn't have to be super balanced. Here's an option that you can work with and, and work it in your own game and try to work around it or work with it in your own way. Paizo isn't forcing us to limit ourselves. I think this would be one of the cooler races to have a, a game where basically the entire party is Kasatha. Hmm. They, they have enough flavor and, you know, when everyone's on that same power level, you don't have to worry about someone sh- outshining someone else. Which often is the problem. Like with the Gathlane, we sort of worried a little bit about uh, how am I going to 
create uh, encounters that do not let them their fly be overpowered, but do not you know reduce it to useless. Here for the Kasatha, you, your concern more is I don't want them to outshine the other players. I don't want him to just be rocking the world as a pistolero, wasting everything, while my fighter's just getting one guy at a time and he's not doing as much damage. It feels like I'll just let the Kasatha do do everything. That's why we're worried about it. It's not that just like oh man, they're just too cool. You can't have powerful characters, not in my <laughs> game. We just don't want the other players to feel robbed. Which this definitely would make other players feel robbed. Let's make that clear. Sure. But you said, Christian, that you had a guy in your campaign play it. He played it well. And then you told me outside of the recording that you sort of did a little bit of balancing tweaks. You want to share that with us? Uh, yeah. If you guys want to humor me and listen to my changes, um, I ran a desert-themed campaign. And I wanted Kasatha. Like, one of the players approached me. It's like, I kind of want to play Kasatha. And then I looked at the, the, the stat spread and vomited out of hatred. <laughs> But I was like, with let me pleasure. work this list. Let me see what I can do. You vomited with pleasure because you saw those arms that could give you that sweet embrace. <laughs> um, so I, I made a couple tweaks. I still think they're powerful, but I, I, I did try to nerf them and bring them more in line with a player character power level. Gonna try to give a quick summary of each change. I just added a minus two to int to their stat score, um, saying their clannish lifestyles don't lend well to scholarly pursuits because they didn't have a negative stat before and they needed something. It's cool. I think that's the first place I would start as well, giving them a minus in their ability score is very good. I didn't touch them having four arms. Like, as we know, by default, how it works is them having a minus six and then a minus ten. So I was kind of okay with that. I replaced their flat plus two dodge bonus to AC to um, AC bonuses that they fight defensively or take total defense because they have more arms to defend themselves with. Which is still, you know, a good bonus and it's flavorful in that they have their arms and they do stuff with their arms. Didn't really touch the deserty stuff. I just changed the class skill perception and stealth to just a plus two flat bonus. And I gave them the xenophobic drawback, saying that they're secretive people. This is kind of my own flavor for how they were in my race. They were kind of clannish and kind of brutish. Uh, they're secretive people, non-Kasatha, as they even mentioned actually in their um, flavor block, um, non-Kasatha have difficulty telling their genders apart. This paired together gives Kasatha difficulties when interacting with other races, and a minus two penalty on diplomacy and set the motive checks. And hmm. that's the extent of the changes. I think it's fair. I think it's even a, a light version of what you could have done to them. Yeah, there's it's still powerful. Um, and I, I think also, it was smart to let them have the forearms. That was kind of the feature of this race. And what my favorite thing I did, actually, was I gave them an alternate racial trait, and it kind of empowered what we had talked about earlier, not using your arms for murder hobo-ness, but rather for different things. You could lose your multiple arms... The, not, not the, like the multiple arms trait, it modifies that and and replaces their defensive training. Um, Sun Kathasa make use of their arms for purposes other than combat. Pick either a performance skill or a profession skill. You get a plus two racial bonus to that performance or profession or craft skill. In addition, you, you get a plus two racial bonus to disable device in sleight of hand checks. Hmm. Uh, one of the NPCs of that campaign was a, a bardish kind of character. They used a string instrument and... It was that they had, like, their multiple arms for multiple necks of the guitar, and they could keep a beat on the guitar as well. Oh, that's cool. It's funny, because these guys really hit me as a martial race. I wouldn't think of them as a caster, because you seem... I feel like you're just kind of throwing into the wind that they have four arms, mechanically speaking, for casters, right? You can't cast two spells, because I've got two sets. But you could be holding three metamagic rods, Caleb. That is true! <laughs> I think uh, the, the effective spell level would skyrocket through the roof. And what I really appreciate as a player that did it was specifically trying not to be overpowered 
And it kind of went what we immediately thought of. He went to like a barbarian that uses a bunch of different weapons. But he flavored it is that um, he was traveling the world to learn many different fighting styles. And would basically just pick up any weapons someone dropped, and he would use, like, weapons he wasn't proficient with. He would find exotic weapons, and every combat he would try out a new weapon. So he had, like, crazy penalties to his attack rolls, but it was kind of to balance out the fact that he still had the four arms, and was raging, and could murder stuff if he rolled well. To me, the Kasatha screams awesome role-playing. If I'm a, a blacksmith, or really any any sort of profession at all, I think it's so cool that I have an extra set of arms to help do whatever I'm doing. You know, in game when we're hanging around in, in the house, right, whatever, I can, I can just really have fun doing that. You know, I'm sipping tea with one hand, reading, oh, turn, holding a book and turning the page with the other, while the other one's just like, I don't know, scratching my head or something, itching an itch. I, I really, really, really can see just like having so much fun just role playing with the forearms and just being super attractive because I would love to know what that's like. <laughs> um, I was just kind of know it's just random thought. They have only four fingers: three, uh, you know, index, middle, uh, ring, and a thumb. Look at their big. What unplayable, disgusting. <laughs> just I want, can't you see know what? Past. I bet they'd be great masseuses, Christian. Wow. So this one actually lasted a little while, and I'm really glad it did because this is a really unique and interesting race to me. Um, I want them to cuddle me. I want to to go to sleep in their arms. I want to feel massages with them. I want I want to figure out what is the difference between the sexes and them. Um, I want to see what their mouths look like. I need to find art of that. Uh, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm giving you more information than anyone asked for. So, you know, uh, uh, thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at TBlazer Network. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot. What do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. Hey, Brian, you want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow, should I take you to a doctor? Nah, it feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong.